podcast, books, podcast. I thought I'd try it. Um, let it be known that today, October 18th, 2022, was the first time. I'm 44 years old and I've considered myself Buddhist my entire life. And today was the first time I attempted to pronounce it that way. Um, more on that in a second. Padmasambhava Part 4. Are you with me? Are you into it? Um, if this is your first time seeing me and you're here for the Padmasambhava, maybe you want to start with uh, Part 1. You can click there. And that will start you with Cantos 1, 2, and 3 of The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava in Episode 1 or the one called Padmasambhava, and then three, or rather four, five, and six in part two, and then part three is when it migrated over to this Edward Reeves Buddhist Books podcast. Um, and this is part four. I'm going to read canto number eight in this one. But yeah, I this morning, first thing in the morning, I was looking at my Facebook news feed. Something I don't recommend doing. Not using technology for like 30 to 60 minutes when you wake up in the morning. But it's occasionally something that I do. <sighs> and uh, so, yeah, I was, I was scrolling through and there was this guy who was very passionately wanting to let everybody know. He was, a, you know, he was from the English-speaking world, but I, I think he was Eastern European, you know, based on his name. But I think he was writing from the UK. Um, and he was saying that it's not pronounced Buddhism. It's his most, it's his biggest pet peeve is when people say Buddhism. It's Buddhism, Buddhism. And, uh, you know, writing it out phonetically to explain. And so, you know, I was like, yeah, I mean, uh, okay. I, I knew one person in the yoga community who made a point to say Buddhism. And I was like, oh, okay. She's probably pronouncing it in the original Sanskrit or something. All right, that's fine. Um, I mean, to my ear, you know, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. I'm just, I'm just kind of letting you know where I'm coming from. And I haven't arrived at like a solid conclusion about this. So I'm just sharing you my process on it. Um, I'm from Los Angeles. And Los Angeles was named that by the King of Spain. And there are some folks who are native English speakers from wherever who might pronounce it Los Angeles. Now, I wouldn't even know where to begin to pronounce it that way. I think I would sound like an ass if I tried. In my view, I mean, in, not in my view, the way that I was raised, um, the peer group I always was around, um, would tend to think of that as pretentious when you're speaking and when you use one of the words that were imported into English from other languages and you pronounce it with the accent of that other language. It's sort of like cringy, actually. Um, so that's kind of how it struck my ear when my, my yoga teacher friend was saying Buddhist. I was like, all right. Um, and then, but then when I, uh, I was watching The Healthy Gamer, do you guys know that one? Um, this guy? Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, um, Eastern religions is another way to put out. Yeah, so he, he's born and raised, from what I understand, in the U.S. 
Um, though, I mean, it might be Canada, I'm not sure. But uh, his parents are from India, and he spent a long time in India uh, with the monks. And he was in training, actually, to become a monk. And then he ended up not becoming a monk, and instead he became a psychiatrist, and now he does the Healthy Gamer program. It's a good, it's a good program. I recommend it. Um, you can check it out here. But anyway, he pronounces, he makes a point to pronounce it like, like a Sanskrit scholar. And he says, Buddha and Buddhism. Owning to a religion, converting to a religion, believing in a religion— that's actually sort of like a Western concept because it's like, how do you convert to Buddhism? Like you don't really, con I mean, sure you can. Someone somewhere out there will convert you to Buddhism if you want to. And, you know, that, that seems very natural to me if I were in Los Angeles and, you know, someone might kind of tease me saying, oh, you're pronouncing it like a white guy. It's pronounced Los Angeles. You know, I mean, if they were Mexican-American or original Californian, if you will, because California was... Mexico before it was part of the U.S. But, uh, but yeah, so my dad pronounced it Buddhism. I grew up pronouncing it Buddhism. I never didn't pronounce it Buddhism. I do remember, now that I think about it, uh, there was a guy in Nepal who was very much a Hindu yoga teacher, and he was endeavoring to correct my pronunciation about Buddha. And, and, you know, trying to get me to repeat it and correct, correct it so that I would never pronounce it wrong again. And I was like, um, okay, I'm older than you. I've been Buddhist longer than you've been alive. And I appreciate that you're adjacent to the region where, you know, uh, okay, okay. You know, I don't want to get into, like, touchy areas. But, I mean, I don't walk around telling everybody to pronounce Jesus Yeshua. You know, it's not... Jesus, it's not Jesus or Jesus, it's Yeshua, or however you would pronounce it with a Hebrew accent. Um, it's the, we're talking about the same guy. I'm pronouncing it with an American accent. But on this Facebook thread this morning, people were commenting in the thread saying, oh, in America they say Buddhism. And, and so the original poster was saying, well, in a, a particular type of American pronounces it that way. You know them with the backwards baseball cap and the wife beater, which means like a tank top, a sleeveless white shirt, sitting on his couch watching the football game, eating Doritos or Cheetos, they pronounce it Buddhism. And uh, gosh, you know, I mean, it was like first thing in the morning and it was kind of like hitting some of my emotional trigger buttons, you know, like, because I mean, I, while I, I don't like to maintain stereotypes, I recognize when I have them, um, I don't like to see myself as the backwards baseball cap wearing Cheeto eating guy wearing the wife beater watching the football game. And yet I've always pronounced it Buddhism. My dad, who was born in Shanghai, China, who was a Buddhist for a long time, a Buddhist, I guess, uh, a bud, budhist. I don't, you know, it, it just sounds awful to me, to my own ear when I try to pronounce it correctly. So I hope that um, if there are people who maybe are watching this, who've, you know, been giggling to themselves hearing me say Buddhism and Buddhist. Um, you know, I, I don't know what to say other than I acknowledge that I'm not pronouncing it in Sanskrit. I'm pronouncing it in sort of California American English. And uh, for the folks that want to pronounce words of Spanish origin with Spanish accents or, Span you know, properly in Spanish and words with with Sanskrit or Hindi uh, origins in proper Sanskrit or Hindi, 
I will, I, I, I will just say right now, I don't consider you pretentious. I used to, but I'm going to drop that. I'm okay with you. I just hope that you're okay with me. Because apparently to the people that I had previously considered pretentious, I sound perhaps like a, a backwards, uneducated person who mangles words from other languages. So sorry if you feel that way. It's really not my intention. Um, but uh, for now, like I said, this is a process. This is just something that's been on my mind this morning. I wanted to share it with you. And please do comment below. I mean, whether you're from here or there or wherever you're from, and let me know your thoughts if you want to on what I'm saying and about kind of the general ideas around what I'm saying. I'm going to go ahead and moving forward, continue to say Buddhist and Buddha. Um, but I acknowledge that I'm not speaking Sanskrit. I asked my wife, who's from the same region that Lord Buddha was, all of these places that, uh, in, that it mentions in Tipitaka, uh, where he's speaking and establishing rules and giving teachings are like a stone's throw from where her ancestors were at the time that Lord Buddha was walking the earth and it's where her parents grew up. Um, she left that area and moved to closer to Rishikesh, Derudun, and then eventually to Delhi where we met. But I asked her that this morning, you know, I gave her time to wake up first, of course, and not first thing in the morning, but I asked her, does it? sound weird or funny to you when I say Buddhism? And she said, no, not really. I mean, you have an American accent, of course. I say Buddha, Buddhism. And I know she says that. I, I mean, she has an Indian accent, so it doesn't sound odd. Like if somebody has a, an American accent and then just for a moment, for one word, they have an Indian accent and then they go back to an American accent. That's what, generally speaking, in the past sounded odd to me. But again, I'm going to let that go because, you know, as as Lord Jesus uh, taught, treat others as you would like to have them treat you. And uh, I, I would not want to be ostracized or judged based on the way that I pronounce Buddhism. And so I, I will make a point not to judge anyone else for how they do, you know, if they make a point to pronounce it correctly and whatnot. People are big, you know, I mean, and this isn't a thing like coming to India there's clearly a difference between how I speak and how other people speak. I think part of it is in Los Angeles, there's a lot of people from a lot of different parts of the world. So I'm used to, you know, people who are first generation Chinese or Armenian, you know, or wherever they're from, people from the South, Southern United States, there's a bunch of accents in the United States. There's a whole bunch of accents in England. And then there's Scottish and Irish accents and Canadian accents and Mexican accents and these different accents and so I, I'm just used to hearing the same words spoken in a thousand different ways uh, where with French it seems if you get it a little wrong they go no 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 and so you end up even if you spent four years learning French you end up uh, not ever speaking it because of the reaction that, that people give when you try to so that's French but anyway um, yeah, with California American English, there's a lot of uh, leeway with pronunciations. Um, in India, people a lot of times won't understand me. And so I actually have to try to speak a little bit with an Indian accent or use the Indian way of pronouncing words if people are going to understand me. 
if uh, you know, there's the OTP. I don't even know if that's a thing in uh, in the West. It's uh, a one-time password when uh, when you're paying for something or someone's delivering a package. They'll ask for an OTP, which is a bunch of numbers, and I'll say, uh, yeah, it's zero two five nine eight six, and they'll say zero three five nine. I'll say two two two. And they'll say three. Yeah, three. I heard you. You said three, and I said. No, two. And so I asked, I asked Priyal, and she's like, no, you should say do, do. And I'm like, so I've had to kind of, I've been here four years now, so I've started to get used to the idea that sometimes I have to pronounce things with an Indian accent if I want people to understand me. If I go next door to the store, it's like a before the Piggly Wiggly, those who know U U.S. history will be familiar with that. There was Before there were grocery stores, as we know them now, there were these what we call here uncle stores, which are like you go up and you tell them what you want, they go back and get it, they bring it up, and you pay for it. So if I want milk, then I sure as heck better not say milk. I have to say milk. Otherwise, they won't understand me. I can say milk or dude. Milk, dude. <laughs> so if I ever go back to California to visit and go buy milk, I might be like, uh, milk, dude. But actually, they'll be like, yeah, it's an aisle four, you dummy. You know, you don't just walk in and say what you want. You have to go get it and then pay for it at the automatic checkout counter. Have I gone on for too long? Yes. Yes, I have. Um, but, yeah. Anyway, sometimes I like to share silly things on here. Cheers. It's my, one of my Darjeeling cups. It's the train. I'd like to welcome our special guest, Guru Rinpoche, who is the one who told these stories, who, uh, which Yeshi Tsogyal, she's over here. I thought I'd let him be on his own today, except uh, for the rock that I found when I was at the charnel grounds outside Bogaya, which are no longer charnel grounds. There's charnel grounds, and uh, the taxi went there first and I was like this isn't where it is you know it's here in this other place there's a forest there now but 2,000 years ago or uh, 1,200 to 1,300 years ago it was Charnel Grounds now it's a forest and so I sat and meditated there for a while contemplating the processes he went through there where he kind of went through his Agori phase you might say um, yes right okay so Let's cue the music. I don't know what that is, but hopefully it's good. This is The Life and Liberation of Padmasambhava, Canto 8. The explanation of the way of the coming forth of the two doctrines. Now, in order to propagate the Buddhist teaching. According to the precepts of the perfect Buddha, Padmasambhava, while there were a billion Jambudvipas adhering to the texts and 10,000 billion to the formulas, and while it was the same with the Uttarakurus and the continents of East and West, there appeared one Jambudvipa, that possessed both doctrines. In this land, where there were deeds of great benediction, after the period of the coming of the five families, there would be a dark period of 500 kalpas. Then, during the perfect age, 
successively there would appear on high nine honored gods. There would be a king turning the wheel, and a Buddha, lord of the teaching of the metamorphosis body, and an apparitional being holding the teaching of the body of fruition, a lion of the snows, king of wild beasts, a great soaring Garuda, king of the birds, and Udumbara, king of the flowers, that's what that is, which would all appear at the same time. But the time of this king not having yet come, Narapati was famous for his devotion to good rules and to wisdom. He was made happy by the Dharma and protected all the living. Now, after five generations, the two doctrines were joined, and the land was immersed in the two doctrines. The name of the king who turned the wheel was born from the head at the foot of a palmyra tree. One hundred and twenty-nine of his descendants would obtain zeal for the awakening, for the perfections and paradise through the teaching of the metamorphic body and through strict observance, hope, and fear. The Buddha Dipamkara, Lord of Substance, Kakutsunda, and Rabtor Sheg, as well as the triumphant Artadirsin, Dispenser of Joy, having come in turn to the throne, made the wheel of the Dharma turn. If one recapitulates the 84,000 avenues of the Dharma, their list makes 12 parts. And if they are grouped again, there is the triple basket. The area to be converted is the world of change. The teachings of the body of fruition constitute the fruit. Only the Dharma constitutes certainty. Patmotara, delivering the formulas, and Yasotara, the guru. Up to the time of the king Arindama directed the conversion. The inconceivable tantric canon, which is as much exoteric as esoteric, the approximately 1,000 or 25,000 works, and the 18 tantras and seven traditional sutras, when gathered together, are the three yogas with which the area to be converted is penetrated by heaven. Now, in the age of the triad, in the city Gandhavati of Magadha, 174,000 of dynastic descent, grandsons and great-grandsons of the king Pratatapani were conquered by the perfection of wisdom and the triple basket. Owing to the possessors of the two doctrines, oceans of happiness, owing to the, the Buddha Vipassian, who overcomes the ten offenses and calms the pain born of actions, thanks to Sikkim and to Visbabhu, to Krakut 
Chanda and to Kanakamuni, thanks to the five Buddhas. Disdaining the saving means of view and action combined, the very powerful who in one life attain the heavenly goal, Dorje Sam Sagme Odsal, the guardian of happiness, and Kali, the guardian of discipline, devoted to concentration, and the master Kundimat with the supreme words, were won over by the calm diamond plane, the united precepts, the gathering of welcome ones, perfect, supreme good, and the charm or the terror of the marvels which nail down evils. Now in the city Samantaloka, 790,148 men, grandsons and great-grandsons of the king Brahmadatta, received from Kasyapa, master of the Dharma, the triple teaching of discipline, of concentration, and of wisdom, through which beings are subdued. And there came the guru Tabshe Yingjur, the master united plane of ritual and knowledge, who, up to the time of King Karnan, revealed the diamond vehicle of the supreme formulas. Now, in the decline of the age of discord, when Tabshe Yingjor had completed his lifetime, he was reborn under the name of Gautama, as a son of King Karnan of the Aparataka. After a request to his father, the king, he entered into religion with Dognag, the seer. Then, seeing the courtesan Bhadra from the land of Potala, with the libertine Murnala, in the area to be converted, he gave up his life. In the vicinity of Potala, Gautama made a house of leaves, and while he was living therein, there came a time when the courtesan Bhadra from Potala and the libertine Murnala were buying clothing and adornment for their revels. Another man, who had with him the wealth of five hundred dollars, said to Bhadra the courtesan, Dollars? All right. Quote, we will have some pleasure. Come, end quote. She considered it, and telling a false story to Murnala, she had a meeting with the other man. Now, the chambermaid of Bhadra told of the affair to Murnala, and although Bhadra begged his pardon, Murnala pulled out his sword and killed her. Then, to the cries of the maidservant, quote, my mistress has been killed, and quote, everyone rushed forward. The libertine Murnala, turning coward, and without strength in the presence of his disgrace, threw down his bloody blade in front of the seer, Gautama. He then mingled with a nearby crowd, which soon saw the bloody blade of the crime itself and cried out, quote, 
devoted to the religion of the Buddha, he has broken his vows with Bhadra, and in spite of every law of the Sangha, he has killed her, end quote, and shouts arose. <clears throat> in vain the seer Gautama, with calmness and solemnity, protested his innocence. When he had been tied tightly, he was led to the king, and as punishment was raised on the point of a stake. The master Malina, returning to his home, saw him from the road and approached him. Quote, oh, pity, what has this boy done? End quote, he asks. He asked, quote, master, end quote, said Gautama. Quote, deeds have accumulated, end quote. The master then said, quote, whether you have caused harm or have done nothing, it is terrible, end quote. And Gautama said, quote, truly, living master, if Gautama did not kill Bhadra, may the body of the master become the color of gold, end quote. And by this true word of the innocent, the black skin of the master turned gold. The master then became famous as seer Kana Kavarna, golden color, leader of gods and men, and the most splendid wonder. The master miraculously caused a rain squall to beat down, which, on touching the body, enveloped it in a fiery tempest, and he began to recall in vision carnal love. Occurring in a miserable dwelling in another land and in a former time, as he remembered, two germinal spheres mixed in blood fell to the ground and became two eggs, which matured by a ray of the sun, burst open, revealing two children in a cane field. Then he spoke and called the people, and Gautama was removed from the point of the spike. And the king said, quote, how did it come to pass, end quote. But as for Gautama, he died. The seer Kana Kavarna uttered this truth. If Gautama did not kill Bhadra, may the consequence of the act fall on Mernala, the libertine, end quote. Gotta watch out for those libertarians. Just kidding. The curse reached the Empyrean. The gods spoke to the king and the crowd, quote, executing the innocent and disappointing hopes by such prejudging, the king does not comply with the Dharma. Since nothing happy is occurring for the people, they are alarmed at the market of Kusa. Wars, epidemics, and famines appear in the land. Disloyal men and bandits multiply. In this life mixed with good and evil, if we do what we ought to do, the Dharma triumphs. If we honor the wicked who do not follow the Dharma and condemn the innocent who do, the people will fear justice and a hundred miseries will beset them. Thus, those who are criminals sow the seed of evil themselves, and at maturity it bursts open. Karnan should ponder the results of his actions. In order to restrain evildoers, he will break their strength by terrible tests. 
He will tear out that inestimable organ, the eye. He will cut off the most noble member, the head. And affirming various sanctions, he will multiply frightening examples. Or he will control evil in body and mind by means of the laws of good. He will guard what is important and not give in to slander. He will make rectifications like a king guarding his land in justice. Unbelievers will believe and believers will redouble their faith. In order to subdue the fierce, the evil, and the wrongdoers, the armor of bravery will be sold and the weapons sharp. If the earth is made to tremble, all in the vicinity, even those of different customs, are reduced to dust. When the rainy season comes, harvests are abundant in the kingdom, and the signs of blessings are announced for all. And as for the illness of men and herds and other punishments, for what reason does one say anything about them, since through them the Dharma is revealed? End quote. After this address of the gods, the four regents assembled and said, quote, Hero Gautama, you who illustrate the color of gold and a hundred virtues, who are delighted to see of a beauty splendid for the eyes, you make ten billion gods rejoice. Always you will obtain a body the sight of which brings joy, and during twenty-nine times a thousand billion pure aeons, you will be emperor. Behold the land where the sword will come, end quote. Thus speaking, the four regents hurled the bloody sword into the depths of heaven. Quote, may it fall upon the one who has killed Badra. End quote. Then cursed by them, the sword became thunder and struck with lightning Mernala, who fell dead. The lightning also struck the maidservant and her lover, and Gautama was raised to the abode of the 33 gods up to Samantadhara, master of the three bodies. And as for the king, he became prudent in the cause of justice. Of the history, unabridged, of the lives of the guru of Udhyana, Padmasambhava. This is the eighth canto. The teaching of the annals are brought out again in the two doctrines sealed poets. Well, all right. Seems like it has a surface level and surely levels underneath. And I think that I will listen to that a couple of times and uh, probably a few more things will click that didn't upon first reading. All right, so this is a little bit of a short one. Um, it's actually kind of a good thing that I rambled on so much in the beginning, otherwise this would be a very short episode because uh, I'm just gonna read these one at a time. And on every 10 episodes of Buddhist Books Podcast. Um, so the next one, Canto number nine, we will read, I will read, you will hear, um, when we get to episode 140, 
Um, by the way, this has been Vajrayana Buddhism, um, specifically Padmasambhava's lineage, you might say, of Vajrayana, which was the first introduction of Vajrayana into Tibet. So the story goes. Um, so tomorrow, or the day after, whenever, we will be returning to the, uh, the three baskets. It mentioned the three baskets in this one. That was fun. Um, the Tipitaka of early Buddhism, pre-sectarian early Buddhism. So until then, blessings to you. All right. I'll let you close. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us, and to the spirits below, we send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Om Ahom Vajraguru Pema Sidiham. Om Ahom Vajraguru Pema Sidiham. Om Vajraguru Pema Yeah.